The following program contains mature language and potential spoilers. Listeners be advised. You love the Marvel Universe. Avengers, Age of Ultron, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man. But you want to know, why no Black Widow movie? Does Marvel not know how to make a girl superhero movie? Chill. Marvel gets women. Coming in 2016. Super's podcast. I'm a legal machine. With me is actually, I'm not sure. Holy I recorded. shit! <laughs> oh, Dude, that was amazing. <laughs> the, the wait for that intro was almost as long as the wait for the movie itself. Diabolu Frank uh, and <laughs> Mister Fix It. Okay, and today we're going to talk about Marvel Cinematic Universe's Black Widow in theaters now, starring Scarlett Johansson, that guy from Stranger Things, that one girl, and that other girl from The Mummy, and that guy, and then there's that other guy. Yeah, the other guy in the poster who I didn't know who was. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. So, so a Black Widow finally came out. This is long-awaited release. It's been postponed easily half a dozen times. Right? Right. Um, do we want to? Uh, do you want me to give you like a blazing fast synopsis of it? Blazing. I think you know, I, you know what. I, I have an idea. Why don't we have Fix It do it? Because I'm pretty sure he's going to come in shorter than you. Okay, cool. Go for it, dude. Give us a, give us a quick synopsis of Marvel's Black Widow. Okay, so we are now getting to see Natasha. What happened to her during Civil War and Endgame? Pre Infinity War. Pre Infinity War. Um, we're seeing that she. I mean, fuck, I don't know what you want me to say, man. Like it, it's it was a fantastic movie that I enjoyed. No, 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 no. This isn't a recap. You're telling us opinion. Give us a recap of the movie quickly. Um, okay, Natasha is yep. on the run. She goes from who? And from who? She's on the, on the run, run from, from who? Uh, Thunderbolt Ross, who looks horrible. Good. All right, keep going. Apparently he's had, what, three strokes. She goes and meets her gun dealer who sets her up with a apartment in Norway where she's kind of hanging out for a little bit. At the same time, her sister, who is a black widow, they're trying to assassinate a woman who we later find out is a black widow who was, was under mind control, but she was sprayed in the face with some kind of red mist that knocks takes them out of their trance. She's taken out of her trance. She then mails the antidote to Black Widow. Black Widow receives it, doesn't know what it is. She's driving as attacked by a taskmaster. Her taskmaster fight a little bit. She escapes with the antidote. She sees the photo of her and her little sister, immediately goes to Budapest, goes and runs into her sister, little battle there. Um, turns out that the Red Room still exists. Someone she thought she killed is still alive so now they decide they're going to kill him um, the only way to get to him is to find their fake family that they had while they were in the US that's when we were introduced to the great Red Guardian Red Guardian beats the shit out of Ursa Major which I loved in the fucking movie Ursa, uh, they escape cool way to die in a helicopter helicopter go fly then they go meet Mother Black Widow she's training pigs don't know why uh, turns out the whole thing was a Hydra program that they stole they go from the pig farm to the the red room which is 
up in fa- up in the uh, in the atmosphere. Black Widow tricks her way through, breaks her nose, kills the dude, blows up the ship. That was That'll fantastic. Work. That was fantastic. What do you think there, Mister uh, Diablo Frank? Good? No good? Uh, oh, I'm I'm good with it. But I, I figured uh, since he wanted to dive into opinion, let's dive into opinion, Mister Fix It. No, no, you first. I'm I'm curious. No, what I you're mean, gonna say. you already kind of went, so you might as well just keep going, dude. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I fucking love the movie. I was surprised how much I enjoyed the movie. I I watched it with Mac. We both went to a 3D showing. It was probably one of the. It was uh we were the only people in the theater, which was pretty fucking awesome. We're sitting there just chilling. Um, I I was I think we talked quite a bit about when we were leaving the theater. I was pleasantly surprised how adult the movie was, and uh, I I I now respect Black Widow a little bit more. Where before she was just she never kind of had a place in the Avengers for me. Like they would talk about shit she did, but you know she would do her little twirly jumps and beat up people. But after this movie, I was like, oh yeah, she can hold up her own with Avengers. Like she could definitely she probably wouldn't beat Cap, but she could definitely keep Cap you know off tilt in a battle in a fight. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Well, I mean, she's dead now, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I like the way they handled that too. I thought that was pretty good. They gave her a pretty good send off. Oh, now I mean, you, Frank, do you huh? want to recap the stinger real quick before we keep going? Uh, oh, the one what? So she okay? I just got a quick question. She's Madame Hydra, right? That the, that character. No, that's a Val from Shield. Yeah, but I thought she was okay. For some reason, I kept thinking she was playing Madame Hydra. The, her yeah. uh, apparently later on, I don't know when they started doing this. I want to say it was in more recent years, but apparently she was a Russian spy who'd been implanted into Shield, and she son- had, does have some ties to Hydra apparently. But uh, back in the old days, she was you know Nick's uh, cohort in Shield and partner. So uh, I I tend I, while while they're clearly playing her as more sensitive in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I don't want to jump to conclusions because overall in her history, she was, well, she was on the side of Angel in, the, in most of the comics she appeared in. But if, if Madame Hydra was more like Viper and stuff, and that was a, oh, okay. a, a that was also an early character who did was appeared in Steranko books. So it's they're distinctly different for that reason. As you know, since Steranko did them both and did them separately, that they're not the same character or not intended to be. Now, I do think, though, perhaps at some point, Contessa became a Madame Hydra. But again, I think that's something from like... At, at, no earlier than the 90s, I think, and probably more like 21st century shit. Okay, because I, I just, I've, when I saw her, I was like, I could swear that she's Lady, or uh, Madame Hydra. Well, it's a little weird because Contessa always had the white skunk streak through her hair, and for some reason they give her like this purplish streak, I think it is, or blue. It's bluish. Yeah, like a bluish purple, a yeah, very uh, eyelish thing. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, anyway, dude, hey, that's Contessa. She's just like Nick Fury's uh, co-worker. Okay. That's all. So she was there, uh, Yelena's at Natasha grave mourning her and then uh, Contessa shows up Val shows up and they're basically like hey I got another job for you and the job is to go get Hawkeye because he's the one who sacrificed Black Widow so you can go get revenge and that sets up I guess the Black that sets up I guess the Hawkeye show yes yeah I think I think we discussed that a little bit they've yeah. noted that uh, they'd already mentioned that the Yelena character was going to be appearing in the Hawkeye show so we have direct continuity between actually multiple shows because you've got uh, Contessa in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then in in the Black Widow movie and then apparently presumably is going to have a role in Hawkeye as well so she's sort of the Nick Fury of the Disney Plus universe right now okay I mean, I, 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 mean I, I love that Black Widow Elena's Black Widow I, I enjoyed her yeah one thing I wanted to ask you about too is uh, we know that the Black Widow movie was supposed to come out before Falcon and the Winter Soldier 
obviously, the contested character is played by Julia Louise Dreyfus was introduced there instead. How do you feel? Do you think that we missed out by not having this movie come out before the TV show? Or do you think they complement each other? How did you guys feel about the, the continuity there? I thought it worked, was, like, just fine. Yeah. Like, I don't think there was any issue at all. Uh, instead of being like, oh, that's the chick from Black Widow. Now you just go, oh, that's the chick from Falcon Winter Soldier. I mean, that's all it was. It wasn't like they referenced Sam Wilson as Captain America. And they were, you know what I mean? They did it in the wrong order or something. Like, I, I it was a stinger appearance. So it really is not that big of a deal. I think it was fine. I agree. And I think that the uh, um, uh, Red Guardian drop of that he fought a Captain America in the 80s. I, I think it almost works better knowing that uh, Elijah was, was out there. Yeah, I think that's in reference to Elijah out there in the, in the early 80s. Uh, that works fine. We mean Elijah. So, uh, this place had Elijah, right? Huh? Yeah, the uh, Black Captain America. Oh, is that what that was supposed to be referencing? I didn't catch that. I, I wasn't sure if maybe they were working their way toward like the Grandmaster or something. I thought no, they might be referencing that, like the 50s cap uh, material, you know, that you, they played up in the 70s. That's well, how no, I took it. Yeah, because when Ezra Major was like in the 80s, Captain was Captain America was frozen. And uh, yeah, I took it like, yeah, when Fr- like the way Max said that, that's the way I took it was like, oh, he was fighting a different cap. Yeah, no, I definitely think he, I mean, let's be honest, they, they keep it vague because he may be a liar, although generally speaking, he doesn't seem to be a liar so much as a, a braggart. Um, yeah. So I think that they are alluding to there being other Captain Americas that filled in in the you know the, filled the gap in. I'm not sure if it's going to be. Uh, are you, is it Elijah Washington? I thought he's like Isaiah Washington or something. Anyway, it could be Isaiah. I, I don't it think it's the Isaiah. Black I Cap a- from the show. I, I because I think that his whole deal. I don't think that he had anything to do with the, like representing as full on Captain America the way he's presented on the TV show. So I'm wondering if they didn't get some other guy like the, the guy who became the Grand Master uh, who was active at some point in the 80s and that's who he's talking about but I guess it remains to be seen what I do like is that just as what I appreciated with Falcon the Winter Soldier even though Cap isn't around anymore they're still mining Cap stories and I think that those stories have value to them so even if there are other protagonists in the mix not unlike what they've been doing with Iron Man's Rogue Gallery where they are farming them out to other characters since he's not around to tell those stories I'm glad those stories are getting told in some fashion okay well I mean then maybe the fact that Falcon the Winter Soldier came out first before this movie that's what screwed me up but that's what I thought he was talking about I thought that he at some point had run across Isaiah Washington on one of his covert missions that the United States had sent him into and we all didn't know Captain America existed at the time but he was acting as Captain America so, you know, that's the only I, like I said that's what I jumped to but if I'm wrong I'm wrong that's fine he's also a compulsive liar and a drunk so that could be right. uh, well, but he never really lied though yeah I, I don't know that he, I mean, he lied to the little girls in the early part of the movie but I don't know that he's I, I do think that he gives his version of the truth as opposed to outright lying yeah. but uh, what I thought was I was wondering about is the, the stinger felt a little bit truncated you know like usually they have a little bit more room to breathe where they didn't give you a lot of information the stinger so at first I was wondering that they maybe adjusted the stinger after Falcon and the Winter Soldier but I also I, I really wouldn't be surprised if they'd already struck copies of the movie for theaters in anticipation of that coming out last year so I really question whether or not they went in there and fiddled with anything so that being the case I actually think it works better for her to have been more fully introduced in a the Falcon show and so when she shows up in Black Widow you're not left with all these like who the fuck was that chick you know I think that would have been kind of galling and a little bit irritating for people to be speculating about who she was I think it actually works better for us to already know 
And because we see her already working with Black Widow, we have kind of a confirmation that, yeah, she is putting together her own Dark Avengers or whatever's going to happen. So personally, yeah. I think the Stinger works better after the TV show. It's Isaiah Bradley, by the way. Bradley, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you don't have to apologize. We all screwed that up. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, okay, so uh, uh, you liked the movie, Mr. Fix. What would you like about yes. the movie? You liked, uh, what, 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 uh... I, thought the, I thought the action was great. The acting was great. The humor. I, I, I truly, truly did enjoy this movie all the way around. So I, I, I think we talked about it that night. Uh, it felt like there was no fat on this movie. It just was like boom, 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 boom on all cylinders. And I was really surprised because I this was not on my I have to watch list. And of course, when I get to work, a lot of my co-workers know that I'm the Marvel guy. So they were shocked that I didn't see the movie right away. But several of them did. And these are non-Marvel people. And they absolutely loved it. And I was like, wow, like if they love it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see, you know, I'm kind of curious how I'm going to feel about it. And yeah, this movie was perfect all the way around. I, I liked it. I could absolutely see taking family members and they would dig it because there's a little bit of everything there for everybody. So I was really shocked. I don't know if I take little kids, but well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's not. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, but but like I think I think like dudes would would like the movie this movie from like an action standpoint, uh, like normie dudes. And I think that women should do this movie too because all the lead chicks are badass in this movie. Well, and also so the humor, the relationship again? dynamics, and and the action is good for them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, then you say your wife you wanted to see it again as well. Yeah, so we saw it um, opening night. Uh, we saw it RPX standard, so no 3D, uh, but on a really huge screen with really huge sound system. And uh, we 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 left the movie like, did we like it or not? Like, uh, we were both like not mad about the movie, but I was just like, you know, I, the the some of the Taskmaster Master stuff I wasn't a huge fan of, but the movie wasn't really about Taskmaster. Uh, but for some reason, I still wanted to I, like wanted to see it again. Well, I'm like, well, it could have been that bad if I really want to see it again to to kind of I don't know look at it from another perspective. And then we had been debating whether or not we see it in 2D or 3D. And when we I watched the final scene in 2D where they're falling out of the red room, I'm like, yeah. holy shit, this movie was made for 3D. Like, I don't know Absolutely. if any Marvel movie was made for 3D. Like, the, like this is like the first time 3D came out and like every movie they were doing the, you know, where they, they push the plate in your face and everything, you know, like, I don't know what comedy show had that skit where they're like, whoa, sticking stuff. I think this SCTV like, and I think they were uh, uh, making fun of things like House of Wax from the 50s and 60s. Yeah, probably. Um, so I wanted to see it again in 3D. So when I told Mr. F- Mr. Fix, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm not really sure if I'm going to go see it. I'm going to try and like bootleg somebody's Disney Plus account or whatever. I was like, look, dude, we'll go. I'll pay. But we got to see it in 3D. So we got to find a 3D showing. And I got to say, watching it in 3D with Mr. Fix, it, that is the way to go, yes. people. If you have not watched this movie in 3D and you're thinking about going to see it or you think you might want to see it again, see it in 3D. This might be the best 3D Marvel movie. This might be the best 3D movie I've ever seen. Uh, it, it was like outright. I can't believe they're not hyping it more as a 3D that, movie. That's a bold statement. Well, I, but I, I should also preface that. I don't see a lot of 3D movies because I think 3D yeah. is kind of shit for the most part. But uh, I thought they used it like really, like, I don't know. I kind of forgot I was watching in 3D for most of this movie. And then the end scene, the the end whole boss battle and then falling out of the red room is so outrageous in 3D. It, it's like phenomenal. It's yeah. it's unbelievable 3D. Like, like you really feel like you're falling out of this it, thing. It, it earns its use. Yeah. And then you, you got the point break style, you know, falling after the other person. Like all that stuff is crazy in 3D with chunks of that uh, contraption falling all around him. Highly recommend. So I went from like, do I like this movie? Do I like this movie? Like I didn't hate the movie, but uh, like I kind of want to see it again. Whereas uh, some of these Marvel movies that are kind of in my lower tier, I'm not like rushing to go see them again. And then when I saw it with Mr. Fix It again and I was able to kind of focus on the humor a little bit more and then enjoy the, the 3D, uh, I, I like enjoyed the hell out of this movie. <laughs> like way more, like way more than I thought I was going to like it. Like, and I think 
think we've got it documented in this podcast a few times. I was not looking forward to this movie really at all, especially the first couple trailers were not good. They were just not yeah. good. I, I think that's something we need to discuss because I think Marvel is actually really terrible at traditional trailers. Once Marvel, yeah. Once Marvel became Marvel, you had. I'm sorry. Or or they have become shitty at it. No, they were always shitty at it. I remember watching the early trailers to Captain America: The First Avenger and thinking I was going to hate that shit. I mean, I've got blog posts I intend to go back to uh, when we cover the um, movie later this month. Uh, I I thought it was going to be dreadful, and I had very low expectations of this movie because I thought the trailers sucked. And I it seems to be like Marvel story, when they're trading on being Marvel, like what you get from like the the, the two Infinity uh, movies. They're not really showing you anything for the movie. They're telling you about the characters and they're giving you some some quotable lines, but they're not telling you shit. They're not doing real trailers. They're just amping you up. It's just like a, a hype thing, a sizzle thing. And, but with Black Widow and with a lot of uh, other Marvel movies, when they do a traditional trailer, <clears throat> Shang Chi, uh, they suck Ugh. and they really kill the buzz. And if 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 it it wasn't for the fact that the movies tend to be a lot better than advertised that could have really sunk marvel i mean i i really was not hyped for this movie either and a lot of it came down to those shitty trailers just real bad it was like nothing but the helicopter scene like that, that was like the are them in the white suits doing the helicopter and the fat jokes yeah, yeah exactly and like two or three jokes from uh at uh at red guardian like th- that was every trailer and i'm just like i like i'm just not feeling this dude like i, I you know i'm not ready for some you know I, you know i it there was just something not right about the trailers which maybe helped me have like lowered expectations uh but i don't really know if that's the case because i really got into it um you know like the opening credits are like i'm like oh shit this is like a full like jason Bourne movie like yeah. you know th- they're doing like the 90s like low-res vhs camcorder of all these girls in like shipping containers and then you cut to them like celebrating christmas and you know it's just like super dark 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 like i felt like it was like a late 90s you know it, it kind of reminded me of like uh what was that horrible Bruce Willis movie that you didn't like with Jack Black, The Jackal. It, it kind of felt like that. Oh, yeah. like, this like assassin. It, it had that kind of vibe to it. Like I mean, I guess sort of like the Bourne movies too. It had like a Bourne movie vibe to it. But like, and then I realized on the second watching of it, the, the opening credits they're showing Drakov through time, where he's like with you know all these Russian uh, presidents and all this stuff. And then there's a shot of him with Bill Clinton, and I'm like, what? Like Bill Clinton's and all this Epstein drama shit, and they're gonna put him with Drakov, who's basically like. Sort of the, the MCU. Girl. He's the MCU's version of Epstein, where he's basically trading these little girls. It's just, I'm like, what the hell is this what, movie what, doing, dude? This is a Marvel. What was, that, movie. What, was that, what was that famous line? The one commodity the world has too much of. Little girls. Yeah, that's what he yeah. says. What did he say? Um, I think it's I the one natural resource that the world. What natural resource? There you go. Yeah, I, I, I come like, out of the shadows. Shit. I come out of the shadows using the only natural resource the world has too much of. Little girls, and I was like, what, dude? Yeah. What are we watching? Um, um, anyway, uh, so I, I was just like, kind of, and then like Mr. Fix had said, I mean, I think the movie is like two hours and 10, two hours and 15 minutes. But, you know, when, when you count like credits, opening credits, and ending credits, it's like less than two hours. So uh, it really, yeah, I didn't that, feel it. it. It goes from the Ohio opening scene to the, it's a little slow where she's getting her double wide there in Norway. But then it goes from Norway to Taskmaster, Master to Budapest 
to fighting Yelena to fighting the Black Widows to fighting Taskmaster like this crazy and then they're in the helicopter scene where they're breaking out Alexi and then they're going to the pig farm and then they're in the pig farm for like maybe five ten minutes with some sort of talky talky stuff and then boom they're getting captured by Drakov's Black Widows again and they're in the red room and then it's just the whole freaking movie goes to hell I mean there it, it's extreme where you, you take into a, like a, I understand they don't have to do the although this kind of was an origin movie it kind of wasn't an origin movie if that makes sense it's not a full origin movie like uh Doctor Strange where they're literally having to tell you who Stephen Strange is right we already knew who Natasha Romanov was so we don't need to kind of go into that um so they kind of get to take some shortcuts there but there's just not a lot of this just long exposition and kind of hey this is set up set up set up set up we got to get you to believe in these characters it's just sort of it just sort of goes and goes and goes and I, I think I like really like this movie um it, I, I thought Drakov was super scummy I mean they really oh, drive home how grosser. he can't talk to someone without being like an inch and a half from their like mouth I, I mean perfectly like creepy disgusting Russian dude a uh, red guardian absolutely Alexi steals this movie except he kind of doesn't steal the movie because Yelena is incredible in this movie yeah. and Scarlett Johansson is incredible in this movie and uh, you know I you hear all this all these new characters were introduced are just gonna be the new version of the old characters I'm like oh great we get a new Hawkeye oh great we get a new Captain America oh great we're gonna new Black Widow. Except Yelena is incredible in this movie. She has impeccable timing. All of her lines are delivered. I think you said that, Mr. Fixit. You're like, her timing yeah. is perfect. perfect she, the, I, the quips and the sarcasm, I, I'm like, I'm all in on Yelena. I, I love this character. I, I might love this character more than I like Natasha. Although Natasha has some pretty great moments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but between her and Red Guardian, I'm like, uh, can we keep doing this? Can we get a Red Guard? Uh, or can we get a um, is it Red, the Red Guardian, Guard? Black Widow. Yeah, yeah can, can we get, or the Soviet super soldiers can we get this movie or can we get a disney plus show please because i i was i was dying yeah you know uh, they're, they're hilarious they're hilarious i bought into the characters i cared about them um I, hey, I you, and you got it. a crimson dynamo reference out of it too love the oh, crimson yeah. dynamo. well oh, and that, no, the ursa major. another joke though. yeah we had ursa, ursa major, major crimson dynamo. dude i was laughing out loud in the theater when i heard that but i i love that even every time they they brought up you know that was a fake family oh what a boring mission every time they bring up one of those sentences they immediately cut to yelena and she's just got that like frown on her face uh that like you know it's grating her inside till she finally just explodes when they're at the dinner table uh, just like wh- why are you making me care so much about this character she's like a, yeah. she's a supporting character in this movie and i actually like give a shit uh just so weird um so i mean i got a shit ton of notes here and i, I just gotta say like people go see black widow this movie was freaking good and if you saw it once go see it again in 3d i guarantee you'll like it like five times more anyway those are my comments on to you diablo frank so you're talking about the the tempo of the movie and you know when we're watching the opening segment, the, the pre-title sequence, it's pretty languid. You know, it's taking its time to establish small town Ohio, you know, the young sisters and how they relate to each other, how they relate to their parents. And what's nice about that is it, it's a reasonably long sequence, but you need all that because you need the chance to soak up the circumstances and to get a bead on these people and what they're up to. And especially because they give you that that really nice domesticity and then you know something's wrong with, you know, the, the dialogue and, and what the uh, um, was it Red Guardian character has done, you know, with the labs and everything. So you know this is some some more of sort of the the American sort of thing. And they definitely make a point of highlighting that with the football game and like the the uh, light up American flag and all that kind of shit. Then you get to the airport and the the shield agents are literally shooting at children trying to get shit back. It didn't even occur to me at the time, and they, I'm glad they made put in the reference sort of kinda that they were stealing from Hydra who wore shield, you know, letting us know. Yeah, yeah. Shield I love that. I love but, that. But the truth is, I also thought 
as interesting if they were just shield that either the stakes were so high that they didn't care that they were kids in the way or that they just w- didn't care that these are you know hardcore government agents and they're they're not concerned about about collateral damage and stuff and creating a moral ambiguity that was really nice um it was also interesting to me because i've mentioned in the past how for me the ideal casting for uh, black widow was always mila yes, jovovich and always the cast is absolutely young mila jovovich she does not look like scarlett johansson bro that's mila jovovich's daughter is it yes yeah. for real for yeah. real one that's I think no shit that week. makes sense i'm not fucking kidding you dude i i was like cheering because i was like this little girl is a carbon copy of mila jovovich and i typed it in my phone and sure enough this is mila jovovich's daughter dude she literally birthed a carbon copy of herself it's unreal and then they took our fan casting of mila jovovich and cast her daughter as a young natasha romanov mind exploded and imploded bro that is awesome so that's an excellent sequence and then of course you have them landing in cuba which let's be honest you can't fly a prop plane from ohio to cuba well we'll, it's a comic book movie we'll give them that and the way they treat these little girls as just completely disposable they're no longer needed for the mission the way that uh, the natasha character has to step up to defend herself and her, her not sister and then how those two girls are treated is just devastating the way they play it and then you go into that credit sequence that really intense sequence and just while the credit sequence was playing I was already thinking this movie is already better than the entirety of Captain Marvel already it's already just destroyed that the credit sequence really sells you on a movie that's going to be much darker than this one ends up being and it's a bit of a bummer because they did such a great job of giving you a sense of that from particularly Age of Ultron the movie that everybody shits on but the way they tell you about who Black Widow is just through you know flashes of images and uh, bits of dialogue um, it, it you really get a sense of of the horrific things that she's had to live through and the credit sequence definitely plays that and I think if anything the movie mitigates that it, it never is able to come back to a place quite that dark that menacing I also was a little bit bummed out that um, Julie Delpy who was teased in Age of Ultron doesn't make an appearance in the Black Widow movie but I also understand that she's not acting as much as she used to anyway so that might have been maybe she wasn't available you get to the actual movie and I think it was, it was definitely a blast and it was a lot better than I was expecting what I was really impressed by too were the action sequences <clears throat> you feel those body blows you were talking uh, not that long ago about Falcon and Winter Soldier how you were impressed that Sharon Carter got into some really physical action where you could tell she's taken some hits and I think you really got a sense of that as well between Black Widow's vehicle flipping um, hell the way the little girls are treated the fight between Yelena and Natasha is pretty brutal um, I, you know it's really giving you like you said that born identity feel where you know this is going to be intense and you're getting the sense of this being like this heavy duty political thriller and what's funny is in reading some reviews people have pointed out that beat for beat this is sort of a copy of the Winter Soldier the movie um, uh, it's just, and it's not obviously it's not that you know that's one of the best superhero movies ever made this isn't in that class and the fact that they're sort of doing a bit of a regurgitation of that uh, once it was pointed out to me I couldn't unsee it but also that's a really great fucking movie and I, I kind of don't care if there, if you if that's a template you want to follow a few more times I think you could pick much worse movies to do that with um, I will say that let me see I'm trying to because I don't want to go into like deep deep dives with this one what I would say I was talking to one of my co-workers and she asked me if I'd seen Black Widow and we joked because I mentioned that one of our other co-workers was into Iron Man and she couldn't believe this particular co-worker was such a big Iron Man fan we were giving over that um, she liked it but she thought maybe the ending wasn't so hot and she started to kind of lose interest as the movie progressed what I would say is I think the first two acts are really strong I think the third act especially seeing it in 2D without all the 3D bells and whistles not so hot I, I think that it was much better when they were doing that 
heavy duty action and uh, then heavy duty character stuff and then in the third act it all it just becomes another Marvel movie and I think it's going to be a problem for me going forward knowing the Marvel machine and how it works now because we've talked about how one of the reasons why Marvel's CGI is so good is because they're doing previs on that shit years in advance and I can very much see in this movie where they're plugging in the movie the director wants to make around the CGI and the fight sequences that they've already done the work on and it, you can feel it you can feel where the director is trying to work around the shit that Marvel is imposing on her but I, I think that it's still a good and very entertaining movie I do think the third act kind of eh, it, it just kind of falls apart at that point especially the action is just not as good in the third act as the rest of the movie but I did thoroughly enjoy it and I, I, I would definitely it's probably going to be like in my middle third of Marvel movies I like it better than pretty much all the movies that have a hyphen and man at the end of them um, and I like it better than probably the Thor movies but it's not in the upper echelon either I, I, but it's definitely way better than I expected especially from the trailers I'm, I'm going to just suggest to you try dude if you're bored and it's late nobody is going to this 3D show because Black Widow I think I will only... I think I will the problem dude, too it's... is we were out and about on Saturday and we talked about either seeing it in the theater or seeing it uh, at home and the problem was we my girlfriend had, loves movie theater popcorn just plain movie theater popcorn and throughout the pandemic I would drive to one of the nearby movie theaters that let you get in without a ticket and actually buy her a bag of popcorn to watch movies at home and so we went to the theater to, to get the popcorn and we still had to decide what we we're going to do and the theater at least the front portion of the theater was packed I don't know if they went all the way around the theater like it would do you know back in the olden times and the before times but there were so many cars in front of that theater we just weren't comfortable staying for Black Widow whereas I saw your th- showing where you guys were literally the only two people in the theater maybe I can catch like a, a, a matinee or something or give it a few weeks and then go see it but I think I will give it another try uh, theatrically one good thing though about streaming it was that they do let you watch it more than once as far as I know unless I get a bill for like $60 <laughs> or $30 I hate that to be the case but I'll, I guess we'll find out but um, I did go ahead and play it as just like background noise and I even while watching it the first time I could tell this had a lot of rewatchability. this is a movie that you can see over and over again it might be a situation where I would tap out of the first two thirds I don't know if I'd really need to sit through the, the last act I just don't think it works that great but the first two are so good that I could absolutely see myself watching that over again and probably once you've committed to that you'll end up staying to the ending I, I I suspect I will yeah I feel I feel like you, you would at least need to wait for at the very least you want to wait to watch some of the Red Guardian scenes right like, like when, when he's talking to Yelena on the bed and he's talking about how his father he went to bathroom on my hands and she's like oh my god <laughs> like you gotta stick around to hear some of his just absurd mom. or when, when uh, they're trying to fly the helicopter to the pig farm and he's like everything will be fine and then the next scene is the fucking helicopter, the helicopter falling, falling straight down dude like burst out laughing at this and then you know they're walking and he was like trying to cheer them up and he's like Yelena you are the most deadly child assassin the world has ever seen Natasha you've brought down regime <laughs> and what and, and now you're an Avenger and he holds both their hands he's like what does he say like you've killed both killed so many people your, your ledgers, ledgers are so red must be dripping red <laughs> like like Dude, I'm like dying in the movie. And it was funny the first time I saw it because I don't know. It's like I knew it was coming the second time. It was for some reason even funnier the second time. Dude, uh, how hard was I laughing? I, I know, dude. And like, I almost fell out of the fucking seat. I was laughing so hard. I know you were not in any way excited for this movie. And you were like, yeah, we can record this podcast. I've already read all the spoilers. Like, you, yeah. like, like, where normally you see this stuff before we even knew the movie was out. And you're like, oh, I already saw it. And we're like, how did that happen? And you're just like, no, I saw the spoilers. We can record on it. I, you were like genuinely laughing your ass off dude oh, yeah. uh, and you were genuinely like leaning forward in your seat too for a lot of the movie and i think those are just 
those are compliments that you, you can't bullshit. Yeah. You were into the movie from Jump, uh, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with just the great pacing, great ca- all these characters are great. Even Melina was great, right? And you said you got to think for her too since The Mummy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she was, dude, they were all great, like perfectly cast this movie. And it gave me enough uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe fan service, right? Like it, when Loki is talking to Natasha in Avengers 1, one of the things he says that sets her off is Drakov's daughter and Budapest, Drakov's daughter. And she like, she freaks out, right? Like, I mean, and, and now we yeah. get to see what Drakov's daughter is. Now we now we get the payoff. You know what I'm saying? Little details like the vest. Yelena gives her the vest. That's the oh, yeah. vest. You like the vest with all the, with all the pockets. And she's like, yeah, that's okay. And then, and then she was like, I like your I like your vest. And she's like, I knew it. Like, I knew, <laughs> yes, I knew you like my vest. The dude, stuff like this, I'm telling the movie was just, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Like, I can't, I can't even like explain why it was so good. I don't even understand. I don't understand. I don't even know where I would rank this thing. Um, But it's got that Ragnarok rewatchability where it's dark, but it's funny. It's so funny. I can easily just put this on. And yeah, I'm with you, uh, Diablo Frank. The last, I told you, the first time I saw it, I think it was that last act that kind of zoned me out. But then seeing it again in 3D, dude, it's crazy in 3D. It's like a virtual, virtual, visual smorgasbord in 3D where shit's just flying past you left and right. Um, And it's kind of chaos when you see it the first time and the second time you kind of understand what's going to happen. You can make a little more sense of it. Um, But, uh, yeah, dude. It is is goofy as fuck, though. You got to admit, like the physics of that in no way. That's pure comic book bullshit there. Well, but I I do like the 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 red room Natasha uh, Drakov stuff. A- after that gets resolved, it does like in the and the whole thing starts falling apart. That's when it starts crazy. But I I liked you know her severing the nerve, her smashing her face on the freaking dude. I told you that freaked me the fuck out in the theater. <laughs> when she looked at him and she's like, "You weren't strong enough." And I'm like, "Huh?" And then she just slams her face into the fucking desk. I I, I think I told you like, "What the fuck?" She goes full uh, Owen Wilson, dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And and I, yeah, dude. I, I immediately I immediately thought of Pike. So I was like, and then she just, you know, she starts to beat his ass. But like, I don't know, dude. It, I just liked so much. I don't understand why I liked it so much because I was really like down on this movie going in. Uh, well, uh, and, they, there was a review I read that was really bitching about the movie and talking about how there's all this fan service and how it's really changing a lampshade over all the things they didn't do with Black Widow when she was still alive and blah blah blah. And it's like. No, I, I think it actually, it, that's part of what enhances the comedy, especially, is that they're taking stuff that you've already know from other movies and recontextualizing it and taking something that was like this dark, broody thing and then making it funny, you know, making a, a, a comedy of it, make it, you know, hanging a lampshade over it. And this one reviewer was just bitching about that. But for me, I think it really helps to pay off a lot of stuff that's been threaded throughout these Marvel movies. And that's kind of the point of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is you can keep building and building over the years and you can take a mistake and, and turn it on its ear and, and, and make it something better because you have opportunities you you everybody call, keeps talking about how oh the black widow movie should have come out years ago it's like yeah but it didn't and because it didn't we can make all these references that you wouldn't have known to make if you'd done it earlier so yeah and that, that's something i really want to talk about too I, i've bitched a lot on this on our various podcasts about the snyder stance and the entitlement and the fact that these guys were such a toxic fan and they somehow managed to actually will Zack snyder's justice league into existence and we we're all surprised that it was much better than we expected to be but they're still a bunch of fucking assholes and they're they're kind of a bunch of fucking weirdos too and one thing that has gotten me with Black Widow reading some of the discussions about the movie and, and, and when it came out and the delays I think there's a lot of people that are still pissed off myself included that 2021 was supposed to be the year of the action uh, heroine we were supposed to have Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman and Black Widow and they were supposed to have a chance to really blow the doors off and shit and just history conspired against them and I think there's some bitterness about that but also there's all these people who keep bitching about why are we getting the Black Widow now that she's already dead and blah 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 and I'm sorry but if I call out fan entitlement when it comes to the Snyder 
fans. I got to call it out with the fucking Black Widow fans as well. Because I think they're kind of full of shit. And, and I really want to talk about that for a minute. Because uh, um, Scarlett Johansson is a legit movie star. Like, she's name brand. She was a, a get for Marvel. There was no, like, if, if there was a Terrence Howard contract for her, they kept paying her the Terrence Howard money, you know? Um, she's not one of these people that's an indentured servant like Chris Evans was and what like Chris Hemsworth probably still is. So she didn't want to have her entire life be Marvel movies. And if you look at the timeline, she's not introduced until 2010's Iron Man 2. And then every other year she appears as Black Widow in a major motion picture. You typically an Avengers movie, but you also have the Winter Soldier, which uh, is, is still a great Black Widow movie as well as a great Captain America movie. And knowing that she was going to want to do other things and she did like Lucy on one of the off years, which was, and then she did Ghost the Shell on another off year. That was probably the spot where she could have done a Black Widow movie and obviously there were problems there. You had Ike Perlmutter, you know, being against female franchises and against merchandising and everything else and it's weird to me that people are still holding Marvel accountable knowing full well that the guy who was responsible for that shit's gone. Knowing full well that Marvel put a ton of effort into putting Captain Marvel over despite the mixed reaction of that movie and uh, clearly they put a lot of money and effort into Black Widow as well. I, I think it's kind of bullshit that they keep uh, uh, roasting Marvel's feet over this shit. I don't see where there was a place where you could have done a Black Widow solo movie and and the fact is that Scarlett Johansson is going to cost good money. She's not just some somebody who's going to be in every fucking thing you want to be in. You have to work around her schedule as well. Plus she was having kids. Uh, she had a kid in the midst of one of these movies and you know the maternity and everything else that came with that. The world is more complicated and just because you th I, I think there's like these 20 somethings too that grew up under Marvel and like Marvel is like an extension of their own personal universe and their own personal history and so they have, they have this sense of well how dare Marvel not have done a Black Widow movie sooner it's like you don't just get to have everything you want the world doesn't fucking work that way and I, I'm, I'm definitely down for the cause I definitely believe in female led action movies I've, I've been watching them going back to fucking uh, what was it the uh, Point of No Return and I was there in the theater for fucking Ripley for Aliens and shit I was there for fucking Sarah Connor you know I go way back I'm, not, I'm down for the cause but you gotta fucking have realistic expectations and the world does not get to fucking bend your will and you shouldn't take it as some personal slight that you had to wait till 2021 for the fucking Black Widow movie sometimes shit just doesn't work out okay I just had I, I felt the need to get that off my chest yeah, and and you know, and like like you said, at some point, wh when do you release it? What when do you release it? Like, do you put it up against a Star Wars movie? Do you put like there's like I think it came. Yes, it should have come out a year ago or whatever. That's fine. Um, but other than that, dude, let's chill. Okay, you know, let's chill out. Uh, yeah, I, I just I can't. Some a lot of the I haven't read a lot of reviews on the movie. I told Mister Fix it. I just seen tons of people complaining about Taskmaster in this movie, and I'm like, this isn't a Taskmaster movie. It's a Black Widow movie. Uh, cool. And you know what? Taskmaster looks really cool, but he never really did shit in the comics I read. So. I don't really care that they, you know what I mean? I, for a second, I tried to get like, I tried to get mad about it and I just can't get mad about it. Like, I don't care. I, well, and and you're an Avengers guy. This was an Avengers character to start with. This is a George Perez character. I, I, I think what it is, is, you know, Deadpool's after, you know, he had a bunch of characters that he was fighting when Joe Kelly was doing him. And then I don't think he had much in the way of a rogue gallery after that. I think it's part of the problem with a character who's humor based is it's hard to get like, like really significant threats to go up against the guy because 
because he's going to mock them and they're going to kind of come out of it looking bad. And they managed to make Taskmaster something of an arch rival to Deadpool. And I really think it's a lot of these Deadpool stands who are coming out and saying that they should have saved Taskmaster for the Deadpool movie and he should have a penis and he should be making like smart ass comments and stuff. And I can kind of see where they're coming from to some degree, but it also works on the assumption that this character isn't going to continue to develop going forward. And yeah, she's silent throughout the movie. And yeah, you had that quote, quote twist. And I'm confident everybody fucking saw that shit coming. Now, maybe not seeing it as being the daughter of the bad guy, but you definitely knew it was a chick because the guy works with nothing but chicks. And he, this is his special project. Of course, it's going to be another woman. There's no reason why Olga Kurlyenko, who by the way, I think was in the running to play Black Widow. So that's another instance of like behind the scenes fan service. She was definitely in the running to play Wonder Woman too. So it's kind of cool. And she's an actual Russian. So it's cool that they managed to work her into the movie as well. But there's no reason why she's not going to be available to be in some of these other movies. And maybe she'll trade witticisms with fucking Ant-Man instead. Hell, maybe you'll actually get her in the Deadpool 3 if it ever actually gets released. So could you kind of chill out? You don't have to have everything that you want served you immediately exactly as you want it. You know, give it some fucking breathing room. Maybe you're going to get to see more of her. This isn't necessarily your own appearance. The only real complaint I have with Taskmaster is it's so obvious that they were stealing the Prowler's like theme music whenever he shows up and you get that uh, they did the same thing with her and it worked fairly well but I also couldn't stop thinking that you're doing Prowler's thing well and th- that Prowler sound effect is the same effect from Winter Soldier too I think right I don't I think it's the same effect I, I, I remember it, I, I would say that it was most effectively deployed for Prowler but yeah you, you're right they did have sort of a theme for Winter Soldier as well yeah I, I just uh, like look I didn't like the costume I thought that he should look more like ta- I think Taskmaster looks so bad. the thing is though the Taskmaster's costume isn't that great either I mean really the only oh, thing you're losing Taskmaster's is the cool. no he's got the no but he got the hood and the skull face and then she even showed up with the hood like the hood. in one scene and then she took it off no yeah, she took it off okay. she never had the, she never had on the rest of time so but again I, it's not a Taskmaster movie She, I mean she's in the movie maybe three minutes total if you sum up every single second she's in it so I, I let it go I'm like whatever I'm like, I'm like oh no you know they can't really use Taskmaster again against I guess Spider-Man or you know I don't know who they yeah, show, I mean, like, to me Taskmaster was the suit it was all about the suit and you know, how it's feeding her information and I, I didn't, didn't really so talk sh- about it yeah she goes she knows how to fight like all of your friends and that's like all you really know I, she did a couple Black Widow moves and shot a couple arrows I'm just like you know maybe she did, she did, she did the Black Panther move yeah she did the Black Panther move but I, I feel like maybe a lot of Taskmaster got cut out of this movie which is very possible and if so I think the movie's probably better off so I'm not mad about yeah, it yeah like you said it's not about Taskmaster I don't think we lost anything on Taskmaster I don't I, don't, I feel like she was in the movie as much as she needed to be if you want to bitch about Marvel villains this movie is exactly what everybody complains about because Sexy Beast does not have a lot to do in this movie he's the skeevy guy like you said he's the guy who's a stand in for all the misogynists of the world and all the people who exploit girls and this one definitely has that girl power aspect to it but I think it handles that aspect a lot better than especially Captain Marvel but it's it's not about the villains it's about the dysfunctional family it's about these people who are all fucked up who for a, a brief moment in time without even realizing it without with all having their own agendas and all having their own concerns actually did become a family and only one of them ever acknowledged that fully you know and uh, having to confront that again as adults and I think what's especially interesting is something I've definitely had to deal with in my own life is what you have to deal with as a child and then being faced with the, the, these people again as an adult and r- having greater perspective on how why things happened the way that they did having legit beef maybe work with that beef maybe not working through that but I, I, I thought there was a real like a real humanity to the movie there was a, a sense of like these people have being royally fucked up but having rich relationships with one another and given that there's only so much screen time to convey that 
that. Not only do I have to give props to the script for that, but also the actors, I think, really helped to pull that uh, over. And I'm glad the movie, like, when you look at something like Age of Ultron and everything just stops and they're hanging out on a fucking farm, it's like the worst part of the fucking movie. Whereas with this movie, you have to do that and it's one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, I agree. I, I love the farm scene in this movie. Uh, I, I love the the sort of picnic table scene with Yelena and Natasha where they're kind of talking about, you know, have you ever thought about what your life would or what would you do if you had a life? And Natasha's like, I've never really given myself enough time to be alone to think about it. And she's like, well, I'm from, you know, I'm back in Ohio. My sister moved out west. My parents. And she's like got this whole life she's dreamed up because she was like a little. She's still like a little girl. You know what I mean? So she's got the whole, yeah. you know, and then at the same time, they're like, you saw where you stashed the keys and he's like top drawer and they steal the dude's car. And then, you know, then you get the whole vest scene while they're in the car talk. Like, I loved all of that stuff. And that's where the movie could have ground to a halt. And instead, it was it was great. Uh, and then again, like I said, I, I can't talk enough about David Harbour. He was fantastic in this movie. I, every scene he was in, I was dying laughing. That I've, um, I've always had a thing for the Russian versions of, you know, like the Winter Guard were the Russian version of G.I. Joe and you had the Soviet super soldiers and growing up at, at the tail end of the Cold War, I always get off that kind of stuff and I love that it expands the universe because these are international characters, you're international heroes. Uh, our villain is Russia's hero. I love that kind of shit. And he's, he's got his own action figure and stuff and he's like, they, they forgot about me. I gotta, first thing he's got to do when he gets back, he's got to try on his costume and put his costume back on, you know, uh, because he's the Soviet version of Captain America. He could be bigger than Captain America. Um, no, a contemporary, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There was a respect. Exactly, well, exactly. Now, I, 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 was telling, I was telling Mac here, the part that got me is whenever they're in the helicopter and, uh, and, the, and the Red Guardian's talking to Elena and she's talking about how they can't have children because they removed all her parts. And I'm just like, how fucking graphic. I was just like, holy shit. And that had no matter of fact, it was you, too. You, you don't have to be so clinical. I mean, I just <laughs> yeah. love the way she played off of him all the time. Well, the, and it's funny because they, they really, the like, you, you can easily hate this character because of what happens well, to no, these girls I, after the mission. Well, no, that's what I told, but, I, told, I told Matt at the beginning of the movie when they show the two little girls being taken and he's just like matter of fact about it like it's not a big deal I told Matt when we were leaving I was like there's no way he can be redeemed there's no way like you're gonna hate this guy I, I, I'm not gonna like this character I, I kind of felt like oh they kind of fucked him up by the end of the movie I'm like eh, I, I like this guy like you you can't hate him he's just well because he's a he true believer he he's so lost in this yeah. ideology of USSR even though it's collapsed even by the time the movie was started in 1995 it's already collapsed but he's such a true believer and he so f- feels like these girls have just accomplished everything that they needed to accomplish and he's so proud of them and it, it's not that he didn't do wrong but you kind of almost can't fault him because he's just so lost in it that he, he can't help himself it, it, he just doesn't yeah. see the world the same way as other people do and so, so I, I was really shocked at how much I liked him even though I thought he would he wasn't going to be able to redeem himself and he was he redeemed himself completely go ahead so I just wanted to say the one of the things that I kind of think was a missed opportunity in this movie is because by the end of the movie it really is sort of talking about human trafficking which is kind of a hot topic over the last few years and was definitely a topic while this movie was being developed uh i kind of wish at the end of the movie they would have given a blurb about uh some of these help hotlines you know what i mean like i feel like you could have done something that said i'm not so sure because i think that that's more subtext than text what they say in the movie over and over again is these are agents who are working to help topple regimes and they're these mind-controlled spies and stuff. Now there's some clear inference that there's a sexual component to that and also they do talk about disposing of the ones that don't work out and you have to wonder well what does that mean exactly? But I almost think that if you you make it the text then you really, there's a lot about the movie that's difficult to be 
able to, to look past and enjoy. I think it makes it maybe a little too real. And I do think you need that that gauze of, of it's just a comic book movie, guys. I don't know if I would be, I think that would kind of be a buzzkill for me, to be honest with you. I just think a little at the end of the credits, you put a phone number up to who to contact if you think that you're saying something weird. That's no, all. I'm I, I, because I, I, because but I didn't say you pause the movie and, the t- and Scarlett Johansson comes out and goes, hey, have you seen something strange in your community that could be mistaken for child trafficking? You need to call. I'm not saying you do a whole G.I. Joe. No, no, here's what they do. The stinger, the stinger is they replay Runaway Train, but they insert <laughs> Yelena and Natasha into the pictures. Yeah, okay, yeah, give me that. I would I would settle for that. That's all I'm saying. Because you said it's subtext, but by the end of the movie where the guy's literally like, these gooders are trash. I just recycle the trash. And it's the natural resource the world has too much of is these little girls. And he's, t- you know, then it's sort of like, well, it's not really subtext anymore. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's exactly what he's doing. He's human trafficking. Like, this is human trafficking. He's targeting women that he thinks fit a certain profile, and then he's abducting them from their families and then putting them into servitude. Uh, yeah, that's not subtext anymore. That's actual text. And once it's all explained. So I, I was just kind of surprised. That you didn't, you know, like how if there's ever a show that deals with suicide, at the, you know, right when the movie's over you or show's over, you give the suicide hotline or something like that. I, I think they could have done something. Uh, I didn't, I don't mean take the whole freaking, like, again, I'm not saying runaway train, like you said. Uh, just uh, think a little number flash would have been okay. Because it's kind of a deal right now. It's kind of a deal. Anyway, that's all I got, guys. Uh, so that's all I got on Black Widow. Never coming back. <laughs> Wrong runaway way down a runway track. I'll just throw in that Paquita liked the movie, too. Uh, one thing that did help was she's just loved Rachel uh, Weiss uh, ever since The Brothers Bloom. And so having her in there helps. And I'm, I'm fond of her as well. She, if she's in a movie, that's always a plus for me for the most part. I did feel like uh, William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross was pretty wasted in this movie. And it was a weird ending to just have the trucks coming after Natasha at the end. And then we never see anything with that. And she's just fine in the next scene with her blonde hair for uh, the next Avengers movie. That was a little bit abrupt. Um, and I just I didn't feel like they got a lot of quality use out of them. And as mentioned, he was looking a little on the rough side. So Yeah, I mean, he was looking rough, but I think I can't tell it. I think it was on purpose because he mentions in, isn't it, in Infinity War? Yeah, that he he had the heart attack. So they referenced the heart attack in this movie because that heart attack must have happened in between those two movies. Except also, like, he's old. So I'm wondering, like, he's actually just sort of deteriorating. And I don't know. It was a little strange. Yes, that was strange. I definitely noticed that he was in rough shape. Well, I I think I told uh, Mac here that I think maybe what they're doing is they're trying to make him look sickly so he can be the Red Hulk. Mm. Like, give give him a reason to give him the the uh, the serum. You know, he's he's not doing well health wise. Fuck it, what do I got to live for? Takes the serum, boom! All of a sudden, we have the red hole. So this is one of those uh, things where my my DC side comes out because it already bugs me that you've got a Taskmaster turned Prometheus, where she's got the readouts and she's downloading the information and shit. And now Thunderbolt Ross is uh, the general uh, or the Shaggy Man from the JLA comics. So, but well, no, I, I he see was, where you're going. He was the red, he was the re- he was the Red Hulk in the comics. I get that, but. The this is the general existed before the Red Hulk by like a decade. So it's another one of this is of Marvel be stealing from DC. Well, I mean, just tell them to get their uh, shit together and put some fucking movies out and they can tell their own stories. Homer. True that. True this that. is Marvel. Marvel can't yeah, sit around yeah. and be like, oh, we can't tell our Red Hulk story even though we got General Ross literally aging out of the role because we got to wait for DC to do it first. Right. Fuck them, dude. They got time yeah. to make some fucking movies. That's not their fault Fair. anymore. Yeah. Well, and we'll see how, we'll, what Thank kind you, of tune, we, the Suicide Squad. We'll see what kind of tune we're seeing after that. I, I think that there, we're, we're all going to be seeing a different tune after that flick. I what think you mean, the a, Marvel movie? The DC Marvel movie? Right, movie? exactly. Yeah. Exactly, true. Um, a 
Another thing I want to talk about is I actually read the early stories with Yelena because that character was introduced in uh, one of the Marvel Knights miniseries. Actually, uh, Mac, did you read that one too? You know, I think I might have like the first issue of the Black Widow Marvel Knight series, but I don't think I, I, I never read Is that what she's a villain? Yeah, you see, I, I was really into Devin Grayson for a short while there and that was like one of the first things she did for Marvel, one of the only things she did for Marvel and J.G. Jones was drawing it so it was a great looking book and yep. reading it, Yelena was a much more villainous character in that and it bugged me that she kept popping up because I'm not a big fan of like the doppelgangers that won't go away um, but the truth is the way that she's characterized this movie and I haven't seen a lot of stuff with Florence Pugh. The only thing I've, I've seen really was the, um, the, what is it? The Ari Singer's w- follow-up to, uh, what was that fucking movie called? Midsommar? Yeah, y'all know that one? Okay. It was the, the follow-up to Heredity. Anyway, wasn't a huge, I, I hated Midsommar. But I didn't have a problem with the actress being in the movie. I thought she was fine in it. But I just didn't care for the flick. I didn't know what to expect from her in this movie. And she, like, I, I don't really care about Black Widow being dead anymore. Because, as you said, the character is so awesome in this movie. There's so much potential. The humor is so great. The the action beats are so great. Uh, I I absolutely am a, a fan of Yelena in the MCU way bigger than I ever was Black Widow because of this movie. And I, I love the dark humor and the, the the two real elements that they have there. And I also like, as you said, there's a person who has never gotten to leave an autonomous life before and how she has this sort of infantile qualities while also being like a total badass and stuff too. And that dichotomy, the actress plays that so well uh, I, I'm really jazzed like I I have very little interest in Hawkeye as portrayed in the MCU I don't like the actor at all and uh, I wasn't sure about any of the Disney Plus movies shows I was always I'm always hesitant going into it but knowing that she's going to be a part of that I'm I'm much more jazzed about that now than I was previously agreed and Doesn't the last thing I want to ask you oh, is shit. is this the best Black Widow movie like do you think the character of Black Widow is best served in this movie or better served in another film yeah I mean, she's she's good in a. I mean, I think she's fantastic in Endgame. So I, she's awesome in Endgame. I'd say it's either this or Endgame. Although she's really good in Winter Soldier too. I was about to, uh, for me, it's still Winter Soldier. I think that the character of Natasha is best served in that movie. I think that she retains her mystique and she is so powerful in in how she relates to Captain America and how she's really kind of got an edge on him and for a significant portion of that movie because she knows this world much better than he does. I, I I still feel like that's the best Black Widow movie personally. Am I allowed to say that she's hottest in Winter Soldier too? I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna that? co-sign on that. She's like incredible. She's super hot in that movie. I mean, she's hot in all these movies, but I don't the know what's going on in Winter Soldier. Long hair helps a lot, but uh, there's there just something about how she's lit, and maybe it's just the the super confidency that she had. But yeah, I, no, I, I think she's that. I think she's a little more tan in that movie too. I don't know what's going on. I, look, she's Scarlett Johansson. There's nothing wrong with her. I, and I'm not a big Scar Scar guy myself, but yeah, in that one definitely. Um, man. I don't know. I would still. I'm gonna say no. This is not the best Black. I, I loved her in Endgame, dude, mm. and I love her in, in Winter Soldier. I don't know. I think they're all good. I don't want to pick. Shut up. <laughs> I refuse to answer your dumb question, idiot. Fix it. Uh, no, I liked her in this movie. I'm good so with this her. So that's what. Yeah. Yeah. When you go with, with her and Yelena and and her and that's, Alexi and her, it's that's all awesome. That, it's that, all. Really yeah. Cool. That fa- that family dynamic they had. I just I fell in love with it. I I didn't think I was gonna enjoy it as much, and I enjoyed it tremendously. But that's, oh, my, yeah, that's part yeah. of my problem, though, is I really enjoyed the movie, but much more for Yelena than Natasha. I'm way more of a, a, into Yelena than Natasha, so I think that's one I thing know, that kind of hurts her. I think me and Back agreed on that on the walk when we were walking out of the theater. But I think she was be- 
better served in this movie because she got to tell her tale. And she kicks a lot of ass in this movie too. She kicks a lot of ass. Like that end scene where she's fighting all the Black Widows and she nearly takes them all all by herself until they finally kind of get a hold of her. But she's just like wiping those clowns out. She's really like the alpha widow in these movies, in in that movie. So I don't know, dude. She's freaking cool. I don't know. I don't want to pick. I think, what a dumb question. You're an idiot. Anyway, (laughs) how dare you? How dare you? Anything else before we wrap this one up? Never coming back. No, I think we're good. Guys, please go see it 3D. If you're thinking about seeing it again or you haven't seen it, go see it in 3D. I'm telling you, it makes the last act way better. uh, And that's definitely the weakest act of the movie. Trust me. Go see it 3D. It's super cool. Permanent Marvelite Maximus followers include Australian superhero project comics.com, Baby Bear, Daily Doom Patrol Haiku, Force 5 Podcast Not at Con, Omar de Oliveira, The Red Ram, Salacious Rum, and Sarcoline Apple. Shoutouts from Canoes, Dave's Comic Heroes blog, Dirk Ashton. On WordPress, we got follows from Foodlada and Foodzoid. I don't want to be racist, but I think there might be a connection between the two. Sebastian also liked the 20th Street Foxes, X-Men, First Class, Tetralogy, 10th anniversary ultimate edition of that debase wrote rewatched first class a few weeks ago i still love it despite its wonky third act all right our retweet frantic ones brian hydro ch ed moore king size comics giant size fun podcast talk nerdy to me and oofda keepers of the favorites flame include dave's comic heroes blog david olivier del dracula doc strange hulkling hashtag blm hashtag mass hashtag get vax jenna reagan mb mike it's an aliens to me rad adventure Radioactive Dinosaur, Randy Caldwell, Relatively Geeky, Richard Field, Riel Williams, Shanna Banana, Stony Tark, <laughs> Stony Tark, Success Story Podcast, Super Serious 616, Trucker Talk, Wacky Bronze, Silver Comic Book Villains, and Xenozoic Xenophiles. Enough sayers include Jeffrey Brown, who uh, wrote in on our retweet on the X-Men Apocalypse episode. Oh yeah, I remember being excited about this movie when it came out, bought it on DVD. It's kind of bad and I was expecting the apocalypse from the comics and the 92 X-Men animated series. I'm glad to see Betsy, but I wish he had more to do and was an X-Man. They did Jubilee Dirty 2. Oh yeah, also the other things that annoyed me about this movie is how Archangel wasn't done right. He should have been blue like he was in the 92 cartoon. I know I've been talking about the cartoon a lot, but I feel like this movie could have been better. Uh, I agree. And hey, they just released a, an actual like Age of Apocalypse uh, Apocalypse uh, Marvel Legends figure and it's really dope. And I don't even give a shit about the X-Men. It's a really nice uh, action figure. I sent you another one. Oh, the next comment is from Gorilla Film History Now on X-Men First Class Tetralogy. Nice. Pete loves this reboot of the X-Men. Uh, Michael Fassbender and anything as anything usually works. And I think I said the podcast. Like, I'm down with Michael Fassbender. He was like one of the only characters I actually gave a shit about. Keep him on as Magneto. I don't care. Everybody <laughs> else, go to hell. Uh, Derek William Crabb said that the name I was searching for was Belasco uh, for that demon that was at one point thought to be the daddy of uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, gotcha. Michael Wagner also pointed out that Darwin, w- sorry, Darwin, Darwin was from Deadly Genesis from Brubaker and Harrison. The Neil Adams series was first X-Men, which was set in the 1950s. On set. Look, folks, we're not perfect. We appreciate you chiming in and uh, clarifying for it. Well, especially with X-Shit. You know, there's, there's, you, you really have to pull resources when it comes to X-Men continuity. We are literally, this podcast is literally just some dudes talking, and you guys know that. So uh, we definitely uh, are not, uh, we enjoy being humbled. Uh, our next 
comment comes from Rian Delay. Interesting and not all that shockingly surprising discussion. It, does that mean he's not shocked that it was shocking? Is that what he's saying? Yeah, I, th- I think that he knows that we're always going to throw that uh, left wing switch. That that uh, you know that we, there's always a twist. Uh, didn't expect that much hate for First Class, which I enjoyed, but it's been a decade since I've seen it and probably won't ever revisit. I think that's a good idea. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm alone in hating Days of Future Past, but the cynical use of so many beloved characters is nothing more than fodder struck me as bloodthirsty and cruel and a reminder that in 10 movies fox only ever developed four x-men characters beyond superficial powers uh well at least that's on brand for rion delay because that's why he didn't like uh ragnarok uh i didn't give a shit because who fucking cares about blink like i don't <laughs> give a shit uh, i thought it was cool um and well, i mean uh, uh, for me you know liking the last stand and days of future past and to a lesser degree dark phoenix uh i i'm there for fucking these guys up because again i, I have a lot of anger uh with regard to the gene jokes i still can't get over how much i kind of actually like dark phoenix like, I, that, I like it too but, but i don't care that they're fucking around with gene gray because gene gray kind of an overrated character let's be honest yeah who cares who, who cares but i thought it was cool um and as far as only developing four x characters absolutely i think we said that a million times on podcast it, it's outrageous uh, completely egregious it doesn't make any sense for, for a series that a huge part of its appeal is an enormous cast and it's enormous opportunities for representation to focus on these four characters as mentioned yeah that, they, they just blew it that's an instance where they didn't know what they were doing and I, I'm pretty confident that Feige had a lot less influence uh, as the series progressed and especially as uh, uh, Ike Perlmutter wanted to distance Marvel from the X franchise as much as possible and I think that lack of, of Marvel influence really hurt those movies because they got it into their heads that they knew which characters they needed to focus on and were incorrect I feel and I think that's why you had the diminishing returns I think the X-Men brand can only carry them for so long without him actually doing something with the broader X-Men yep agreed agreed And now for the Merry Mar- Mary Marvel Marching Society, the 108th Sage, AJ Shadow, Ange, Anthony S., Baby Skeletor, Canoes, Chris Dumford, Chris Lydon, Comic Deals, Dark Dirk Ashton, The Fan Holes Podcast, Gorilla Film History Now, The Hammer Strikes, Geeky Stuff, and Hashtag VoiceOver, H-O-C-O-F, Homar de Oliveira, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Jason Snicked Venable, Jeffrey Brown, John is Watching Cartoons, Keith G. Baker, Marvel Universe Online, Nick Spence, Resurrections, An Adam and Warlock, and Thanos Podcast, Richard G, Ronnie Casal, Tim Price, The Pod Crasher, Wolver Steve, and Zwitz James, Zwitz Jameson, Zwitz ZWT Jameson. This has been a non-for-profit fan production from Rolled Spine Podcast. Any copyrighted material presented herein are presumed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended. Till next time, Excelsior! Never ever vicious. Their struggle for freedom became a fight for their lives. John Voigt, Eric Roberts, Rebecca de Mornay, and Andre Konchalowski film. Runaway Train.
right, man, cool. Dun, 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 dun. That's it? That's it. Oh, Jesus Christ.